0: Welcome into the Talking Tide Podcast. I'm Chase Goodbread of NFL.com and Crimson Cover Television. I'm joined by one time media colleague and longtime friend Travis Ryer of BamaOnline.com. He is also the host of Southern Fried Sports Radio at 100.9 FM in Tuscaloosa, 11 to noon on weekdays. The Talking Tide Podcast. Get it on our Twitter feed at Talking underscore Tide. Our web host is podbean.com. And the platform apps were on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn. And with this uh, midweek edition of Talking Tide, we preview the Alabama-Tennessee game in Knoxville, as it were. 2.30 p.m. kickoff, a CBS mid-afternoon game, Travis. And uh, two teams coming off of very different outcomes entering this one. Alabama with its biggest win to the season. And Tennessee coming off what may end up being its ugliest loss.
1: And I guess this is where we're at in the rivalry Wednesday after practice at Alabama, Nick Saban's sort of introductory comment to his press availability was imploring his team to handle success in an appropriate manner. In other words, you just beat Georgia. You have one of your main rivals coming up in Tennessee and you're having to tell your team basically to stay on alert, you know. That's kind of where we're at with Alabama winning 13 in a row in the series. And you said it, not only that, uh, it makes the job tougher this week for Nick Saban because I think we both know Tennessee's still not to the level of the Alabamas, the Georgias, maybe even the LSUs, and certainly most years, maybe even Florida to this point. But they're not as bad as they looked, I don't think, last Saturday. That was... uh, that was a culmination of some catastrophic mistakes once again by the quarterback in Jared Guarantano.
0: Yeah, Jeremy Pruitt. Not too long before we air this podcast, was asked about the quarterback situation, and uh, he he seemed to be standing right behind Guarantano earlier in the week, I guess post-game after Kentucky, but now he's saying, eh, we'll see. You know, watching guys in practice, watching uh, reps and whatnot, it sounds as though uh, Garantano might not be the guy against Alabama, Travis.
1: Yeah, kind of backed off that, or maybe he's trying to give Alabama a little something to think about. Although, when you look at the three guys that played for Tennessee last week, uh, against Kentucky, there's not a huge difference. It's not like one of them is a dual threat, you know, and it's an entirely different skill set. Uh, whether it's JT Shrout whether it's Guarantano, whether it's the true freshman uh, and Harrison Bailey, these are all more prototype pocket guys. So it shouldn't be a, a you know an overly stressful week in terms of physically what these guys are going to present. So. You know, Jeremy's still trying to figure out who's going to coach the defensive line, too, after firing Jimmy Brumball over the weekend. I mean, (laughs) wow. Four games in. Uh, Yeah. You know, four games into a two-year deal. deal. Yeah, And and it wasn't with cause. So, Gemma, Gemma gets all that money that he was owed for those two years, apparently. But I guess Pruitt says he's going to coach the defensive line this week, too. You know, Difference it's, uh, in
0: philosophies we were told yeah yeah
1: well you know john chavis is available you know who else is available i was thinking about mike dubos mike dubos used to coach some defensive line back in the day i think jeremy was his ga i don't think yeah. that's gonna happen but um no it's just you know it, talking with people up there and in, in the knoxville area it was such a It was such a sort of blindside, although I think the trust level, they were still trying to get there with Jeremy even going into his third year. But I think most of the folks up there believed that they had reached a point under Jeremy Pruitt that coming off a loss on the road at Georgia, they would come home and get back on track. But apparently not quite to that point yet.
0: And when, when I saw it was a difference in philosophies between Pruitt and Brumboff uh, causing the fallout there. The first thing I thought of, who was the Auburn assistant years ago that had a difference in philosophies and came out with a dotted eye out of the football building? Or what?
1: <laughs> it's one of, I think it was one of Tubbs' offensive coordinators maybe yeah. back in the
0: day. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So at least Jimmy hopefully came out unscathed. But uh, <laughs> at any rate, uh, Jeremy Pruitt. Often running with a new defensive line coach at some point. We'll see how he handles that with his staff. Not the greatest sign either, Travis, I guess, for the Tennessee locker room situation. I don't know if you saw this where uh, uh, linebacker Henry Toa Toa put an Instagram photo of quarterback Brian Maurer, a sophomore, with the balls uh, on his Instagram feed with a fingers crossed emoji. Travis.
1: Oh, geez. Yeah. You know, there's four <laughs> guys listed. Not the greatest listed. look from
0: your leading tackler on social media, no. right?
1: Well, I, I think here's the thing with Maurer is that he's probably respected by his teammates because of the quarterbacks I've seen uh, of the four, he is the guy that seems like he's got some sellout to him, you know, like toughness. Now, he's had multiple concussions, I believe, well, including last year. Uh, I want to say against Alabama, he was dinged here in Tuscaloosa. So that's a problem, but I I can see where from a player's perspective, if there's a preference among the four that are up there right now, it might
0: be more for,
1: for Brian Maurer.
0: Offensive side of the ball, definitely struggling a lot for Tennessee. The defense uh, actually ranked 24th in the country as far as yardage allowed. Uh, the offense, though, Travis, averaging 23 points a game, 330 yards a game, and only about 26% for third down conversions. Uh, those are, that'll get you ranked 67th in the FBS. I did a check on that. And in a normal year, you would say 67th. Ah, that's that's middle of the road, right, for 130 FBS teams. But there's only 77 playing Travis and you're, yeah, 60th, not... and, and you're ranked 67th uh, very much near the bottom 26 percent on third down doesn't get it done they're also averaging only about 26 minutes of time of possession which of course kind of pairs with a poor third down percentage
1: and all of that to me ties back to the underachievement in terms of running the football based on this offensive line that we heard so much about, and we all sort of anticipated a lot out of this offensive line, bringing pretty much everyone back, getting Cade Mays, the Georgia transfer, eligible. You know, you look at that group physically, and it's very imposing, but it hasn't been a productive group. It hasn't pass protected well, which will certainly hurt your third down numbers, um, but probably more third downs than they thought they would be in. Considering how they're built up front and what they thought they would be able to do running the football, I can pretty much rest assured right now in thinking that Jeremy Pruitt, through four games, thought his offense would be averaging north of 135 rushing yards per game. They're not doing that right now. And their only chance, in my opinion, of pulling off the upset, or one of the main reasons it'll happen if it does on Saturday is if that run game really gives them some production.
0: They'll need to rip it with the run game, they'll need they'll definitely need to win the turnover battle, but yeah, you're right. They've they've got to play some keep away. Uh and and that can be done at times against this Alabama yeah. defense. Certain certainly old Miss had no trouble keeping the ball away. Uh so, you know, I I think that Tennessee offensive line as you noted with Cade Mays and Trey Smith, the outstanding uh tackle Those guys can road grade. Those guys can can move the sticks in this game some. I don't think there's any doubt where where you don't see Tennessee matching Alabama at all is in the explosive play department, Uh, particularly after what we witnessed last week with uh, Waddle and uh, Devontae Smith producing, and Mac Jones, of course, producing as though they weren't playing one of the best defenses in the country. I mean, they went through Georgia like they would have anybody else.
1: And the problem is, even if you got a decent pass rush, those guys are so explosive and so dynamic and so capable of getting open that Alabama can go to six and seven man protections and say, "Okay, we're just going to run a three man route. But it's not going to matter because as long as we protect Mac Jones and give him time, these guys are going to get open, whether it's double moves uh, you, route design, play design from Sark has really been good. Um, you know, it's just, it, it puts, they put so much stress on opposing defenses and in turn, they do it to offenses too, because then the sense becomes real or not. As we saw, I thought with Georgia, once Alabama went up 10 points in the third quarter, uh, of that one last Saturday night, uh, oh. Now we got to try to match these guys, and that's absolutely – I don't care who you are. Maybe Clemson, and I don't even know about Clemson this year because I don't know if they've got the outside guys that they've had in previous years. You don't want to get into that with this Alabama offense. You, you, Even if you're down 10, and I know this will be the case, Tennessee won't be a problem. Tennessee won't change anything. They'll, if they're running the ball effectively – uh, even semi-effectively, and they're down 10 in the third quarter, Into the fourth quarter.
0: They'll keep at it.
1: On Saturday, they, they, they'll stick with it.
0: Yeah, uh, No doubt. The Alabama offense right now looks like a well-oiled machine. I don't see an Achilles heel really anywhere with this offense right now. It doesn't mean they won't find one at some point down the, down the road. Uh, but really hard to nitpick with this offense when you look at the line play. The production of the passing game has been phenomenal. The production of the running game has been complimentary and, and successful not a hundred not totally balanced when you got a quarterback throwing 400 yards a game but that doesn't mean they're not running it well either they've, they've run it well pretty much every week uh the defensive side of the ball though Travis definitely more of a work in progress saw a second half shutout of Georgia last week which was certainly encouraging uh but you, you definitely get the sense that that the vast majority of the the work and the grind for Alabama in the practice week right now uh, and and throughout the season is on the defensive side.
1: Yeah. And again, this week, your front seven, that's the challenge. Um, You've got to try to limit and put Tennessee in second and third and long as much as you can, because you know that's a fragile psyche type situation with Guarantano having six turnovers in the last six quarters, basically. And so, you know, then it becomes, can Alabama do some things from a pass defense perspective? On the outside, we know that Patrick Sertan II, Josh Job have been very good. Malachi Moore has had a couple of really good games, maybe one so-so game and maybe a game that wasn't as great. Uh, but there's a lot of promise there with him. And, you know, you saw some better things from the middle of the field. Uh, against uh, Georgia in the second half last Saturday night. And pass rush, you know, that's that's a continued work in progress, as you kind of noted there. And maybe this is a week against these Tennessee tackles because these Tennessee tackles and Tennessee pass protection in general, if you saw the Georgia game, um, the backs for Tennessee look totally uninterested in picking up blitzes. Uh, Tennessee right now tied for 11th in sacks allowed in the Southeastern Conference, giving up 11 in four games. So this may be the week where you're able to get a few more hits on the quarterback.
0: And maybe a week where Alabama brings that fifth rusher to do it. Cause as, as we've seen the, the, the four man's been up and down at best. Uh, I, I think, I think bringing that against this team and this quarterback, look Garantano, the one thing, you know, he, he, he looks good here and there, Travis, the one thing you can say about Garantano though, that's kind of dogged him throughout his career is He's still making a freshman type mistake here and there too often. And, you know, I, I don't fear a guy like Garantano burning me on a blitz and finding the, the vacant hole that I'm, you know, that I'm blitzing in front of. Um, I'd, I'd bring it against this guy. I, I'd, I'd, I don't know about bringing the house, but I'd bring that fifth man from, from outside, from inside on a consistent basis here.
1: Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if we see more of that this week, but at the same time, again, pickups, just pass protection pickups in general. If you switch up your looks, you know, not just the traditional four-down rush every time. You can do some zone pressure, zone coverage type stuff where you're still only bringing four, but one of them's a star, you know, or one of them's a boundary corner as one of your four. And this is a group that, again, more than once in these first four games have looked a little bit confused and not always picked up the right guy. So uh, it doesn't have to necessarily be numbers that uh, works for Alabama this week. Just, again, trying to stick with a, a wide assortment of how they go about it.
0: The Talking Tide podcast at podbean.com, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher and tune in Chase Goodbread and Travis Ryer with you. We're going to thank a couple of sponsors that keep us on the pod waves. Starting with North River Dental Associates, charter sponsor of the Talking Tide podcast. Whatever you might need dentally, whether it's porcelain veneers, cosmetic dentistry, teeth whitening services, dentures, they can do it all over at North River Dental. Dr. Jack Smalley and his outstanding staff of dental hygienists are going to take care of you on a routine cleaning. It's not going to be painful. They're careful around those gums, and they get you in and out of there in less than an hour. Typically, you're not going to sit around that waiting room at all over at North River Dental. You can get an appointment online at NorthRiverDentist.com. You can give them a call at 752-3506. Give them a call. It's Dental. Associates.
1: I'm going to tell you about Southern Ale House out there in the Indian Hill section of Tuscaloosa, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North. You know where it is by now. Become a staple of the Tuscaloosa restaurant and entertainment community while you're at it because Thursday nights they've got the live entertainment, the live music out there on that outstanding patio area, which is great for a number of reasons. But certainly if you feel more comfortable in these times, sitting outside, sitting outdoors, they got you covered there at Southern Ale House. You know, kind of a sleeper, in my opinion, on the specials there, uh, and, and you probably can get it whenever you want it. it, is the Prime Rib Sandwich at Southern Ale House. Yes, it's as good as it sounds, trust me. The Prime Rib Sandwich, always a great number of specials. And on Tuesdays, by the way, they do those crap burgers at this really cool, uh, innovative approach to, to burgers, maybe some pimento cheese on a burger. They got some different ways they go about it. It's always great stuff there. It's Southern Alehouse, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North. Also want to tell you about Heat Pizza Bar. If you're going to be in downtown Tuscaloosa anytime soon, as in like tomorrow or this afternoon, uh, Heat Pizza Bar. It is outstanding. I went by there Monday night, picked up a couple of pies to go. I got that Thai chicken pizza pie because... I just I'm always going to get a Thai chicken pizza. It's Your the, it's my there. it's the, my yeah, it's my favorite pizza in the world. Is the Thai chicken pizza from E Pizza Bar. But look, you know what? We'll throw in a traditional pie. We went the Thai chicken pie and just a straight up cheese pizza and they were both outstanding. Great salads as well. They call it a garden salad, but it is so much more tasteful than that. It's not just a lettuce and tomato and some tired dressing. They go the extra mile in every aspect of what they do there at Heat Pizza Bar, downtown Tuscaloosa, at Government Plaza.
0: Talking Tide Podcast, podbean.com, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and tune in. The Twitter feed, Talking underscore Tide. Chase Goodbread and Travis Ryer talking SEC football for the rest of this edition of Talking Tide. And Travis, I guess we'll begin with the biggest underdog in the league this week, and that's Florida against COVID right
1: oh jeez uh, thirty down thirty one yeah yeah, down thirty one that last check, yeah, and, uh, and look, it all started with Dan Mullen getting up there at the podium cool. at texas a m and I mean, come on, pack in, know. let's bad, yeah. the governor, the governor said it's all right, yeah. yeah, all right, Dan, uh, but in all seriousness, I mean. You know, as much as anything, you you hope first and foremost everyone's healthy or gets healthy soon. That's that's the biggest thing. But man, you hate it for these players because you talk about pressure. You know, first of all, the 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 pressure and the the demands just to do what they do. Uh, and look, I know they're treated well. They 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 they've got full scholarships. I understand all that. They, they earn it, trust me, when I tell you that. And then the decisions you make just on a daily basis that inc- can impact an entire team. And then you've got coaching staffs involved with families at home. And I don't know what Florida's protocol was, uh, but something apparently, and that's not to cast blame on anybody because with this stuff, it, it could be Alabama tomorrow that we're talking about to that extent. But uh, it just seems like, man, ever since Mullen got up there after that A&M loss it has just been a disaster down there
0: you make when, when the number gets that high you, you start to wonder not only okay is this going is this going to cost florida you know a game a reskit? is it going to wreck it is it going to wreck the whole thing for them right i mean if if it if it gets Well they've already out. got
1: a loss right. yeah i mean and you've already got a loss you know and even if you're able to get back in the building on monday of next week which apparently is their goal you know, you've lost the bye week, I guess, before Georgia because you had to reshuffle Missouri right. to October the 31st, right? And so huh, now you're you're going to be restarting um, before you take on Missouri, and then you're going to have Georgia. Georgia, meanwhile, you know, while the loss wasn't ideal, it worked out pretty well for Georgia, didn't it? Got the bye week this week uh, after Alabama. Um, now, look. I think Georgia goes to Kentucky next weekend which that could be interesting on the road for the dogs but uh boy y- y- you better be able to adapt in this year as we've seen because it's not just how much the the day-to-day routine has changed it's that your schedule can change on a whim you know it seems like
0: Auburn at Ole Miss what do you make of this one Travis uh with with Lane Kiffin coming off this uh, the the this latest laws. he's definitely got the more explosive explosive offense of the two. Uh, th- a lot of heat on Gus Malzahn right now too. It seems like as, as know, there ought to be.
1: You know how much I love home dogs. You know yeah. it. And yeah. Ole Miss is one here. I think Ole Miss getting three in Oxford. I love Auburn laying the three this week because I don't think there's any way. Tank Bixby doesn't get 30, 35 carries on Saturday against yeah. Ole Miss. And if he does, Auburn will win the game. That, that, you know, and I think they'll win it by more than three. And plus, Kevin Steele's been around for a while, Chase. I'm guessing he understands how to play zone defense, which Arkansas showed you last week. If you give that to Matt Corral, he'll throw you the football six times. Yeah. You know? And All so. Night. You know, I know there's this this groundswell for, you know, Ole Miss this week. I I like I like Auburn a lot. I don't know what what do you like? Though? Do I like, like Ole this?
0: Miss. Yeah. I, yeah, I think Ole Miss is going to get it done here. And I can see it going either way. I see what you're saying. Look, Bigsby can can get that game under control for Gus Malzahn. I I can totally see that happening. Uh, but I also I also tend to think that that. Old Miss could could outscore him here, and and you know it'll yeah. it'll take some consistency. Certainly, just a lot play Arkansas zone. Yeah, yeah.
1: Nick Nick nope. won't play any zone. Nick's gonna man you up. Yeah. You know? Well, just well. play zone and get lined up. That's all you got to do. That's all Arkansas did. Yeah. Arkansas got lined up, and it all here's what helps. I think Auburn too this week. By the way, Auburn's a tempo offense, and so defensively they see that. A lot. See, Alabama doesn't see that mm-hmm. as much. You know what I mean? I mean, Alabama goes with some tempo occasionally, but that's not at their core who they are on offense. You know, that's who Auburn is. And so I think preparation wise, it works out. Um, yeah, I like Auburn. I like Auburn a lot in this spot on Saturday.
0: South Carolina at LSU, the Tigers at home. Travis, rough week for them. Miles Brennan apparently with some kind of a leg or, or lower extremity injury. Abdomen, yeah. And, and uh, as well, you've got uh, um, the NCAA uh, apparently ah, causing
1: yeah, eight st- scholarships
0: down on yeah. the Bayou, self-imposed eight. Uh, <laughs> that's that's. That's rough. That can be rough in a locker room too. No postseason ban, uh, at least in terms of what was self-imposed. But the Bullock yeah, we'll see the what thing.
1: the man says. We'll see what yeah. the man says. You know, when you go hat in hand to the man. You know, with those eight scullies. Um, Yeah, it's it's just been rough, and that's before we even get to hoops with Will Wade at some point. Right. Um, no, it. it this looks like the perfect spot for South Carolina, which worries me. Because just about any time it looks like a good spot for South Carolina, and I'm not just talking about under Will Muschamp, it Eternal. hasn't been. Yeah. Right. But, boy, you talk about another great opportunity for Will Muschamp. He, yeah, I think he caught Auburn at a good good spot last weekend. I think he has no complaints wow. about where he's getting LSU other than it being, I guess, on the road. Uh, but even then, you're not dealing with 90,000 in there Saturday. right? Um, so, you know, Will Muschamp wins this game, gets to three and two. And even if he just gets to five, five and five, with the buyout he's got, he's, he's safe as kittens in yeah. Columbia,
0: isn't he? I think he is. I think he is. I like South Carolina to pull it off. So we'll see what happens. you. Yeah. you
1: know, I, I'll go I, South I Carolina a- there.
0: All right, we both got the road team there. I've got old Miss, you like Auburn, um, and I think certainly we both uh, see an Alabama win over Tennessee. That is going to do it for this edition of the Talking Tide podcast, but be sure to join us when we reconvene for the Sunday nighter. Uh, recapping Alabama's road game in Knoxville against the Tennessee Volunteers. For Travis Ryer of BamaOnline.com and Southern Fried Sports Radio, I'm Chase Goodbread of NFL.com and Crimson Cover Television. We'll talk to you Sunday night here on Talking Tide.